Ahoy! You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. You know, we've really changed and grown a lot over the years since we've had this podcast, but one thing that has always been a constant in our lives has been (laughs) our love and appreciation of the soundtrack to Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest. DKC2 is one of our all-time favorite soundtracks. In our very flawed episode one, it was even <laughs> featured, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we included it in um, our top 10 or best it might have been, maybe, but Maybe it was episode two that we included, which was favorite composers. I don't remember. Or favorite. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was the first one. I, I have a distinct memory of yeah, both so of us Yeah, so this is something that both of us, uh, really all three of us, including Marty, we grew up playing these games, loving this music. And it's kind of stuck with us over the years. We've been introduced to a lot of different kinds of video game music and games over the years. But yeah, DKC, especially DKC2, it just has a special place in both of our hearts. The soundtrack was composed by the legendary and esteemed rare composer, David Wise, who we've actually had the pleasure two separate occasions on this show to have interviews with Mr. Wise. So we will actually later on in the episode be featuring a little excerpt from our most recent interview with Dave. Because yeah, I mean, we actually talked right? specifically about DKC2 since that's, you know, our favorite. Yeah, soundtrack. we thought it'd be fitting to kind of replay a little snippet of that, uh, you know, now in the context of having this spotlight. I can't believe we've never spotlight on Donkey Kong Country 2. This is just such a beloved soundtrack from so many people around the world. So we're so excited to play pretty much every uh, piece of music from DKC2. Now, there's a few here and there that we had to cut because, you know, we have 21 tracks on the playlist today. All the most important themes are here. All the main level themes. There's a couple maybe boss themes or other jingles that we're not playing. But this is going to just be... It's a legendary playlist. Now, one of the things that we have to mention about this score, as I mentioned, the name of the game is Diddy's Conquest. Uh, a little, b- anyone who suffers from even mild dyslexia, probably like me, always I thought, thought it was, it was Diddy's Kong, Diddy, Diddy Kong's Quest. Yeah, <laughs> thought it was Diddy Kong's Quest, but it's actually Diddy's Conquest. A nice little pun there. Um, but as the name suggests, the game actually has this swashbuckling, high fantasy pirate aesthetic to yeah, all of the, the levels. And what's so excellent about what Dave Wise did is all of the new themes and all of the old themes, they kind of exist within that pirate swashbuckling tapestry. Mm -hmm. And what's so cool is it's able to have direct linkage to the Donkey Kong Country sound, that kind of swankier big band style. And he merges all those influences. And that's why, to me, I really think this is David Wise's masterpiece. Absolutely. Because from just a conceptual level, it's so consistent. There's also so much music in here. In terms of implementation, uh, he really did an amazing job of having unique sound sets for every level that carry through to all like the death jingles and everything. And too. on top of that, I think this has some of the best melodies that he's ever composed in this game. Right. Uh, and I think one of the really cool things that he did is I think we would have gotten a little tired of that pirate connotation if every single track was that. He goes outside of there. You know, there are certain tracks, for example, Sticker Bush Symphony, which is a classic. 
music that doesn't have any pirate connotations, any sure. swashbuckling influence at all. So it still feels like classic Dave. Yeah, Wise. I think it's just fun that there's like a motif, you know, that there's mm-hmm. something that the general aesthetic of the game is drawing upon. Similar to how, uh, just in terms of gameplay aesthetic, Super Mario Galaxy, it's space themed, right? Right. But that doesn't mean you don't have levels that aren't beautiful gardens and, you know, dry, arid deserts. You kind of get everything you would want from a Mario game plus that whole space aesthetic. And that's what works really well in Donkey Kong Country 2. Well, there's there's a, there's a the last reason why I think this soundtrack out of the DKC series was the best is because it's just David's lone vision. He was the sole composer right. for this game. And you really hear his vision and his unique personality come across in the soundtrack. So he's just such a beast. Sure. We're so excited to uh, get going. So what you guys heard playing in was K. Rule Returns, which is the opening theme of Donkey Kong Country 2. Every single piece of music today was composed by Dave Wise. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to skip over a short little jingle, and we're going to play the next thing you would hear chronologically in the game. This is Welcome to Crocodile Isle. You guys are listening to Welcome to Crocodile Isle, which is one of the early pieces of music you hear in the game. Definitely continuing, uh, I guess, maybe the overall thematic style of Donkey Kong Country 2. Swashbuckling, minor key, a little bit dark. Very dark. uh, Reminds us a lot of film music, some John Mm -hmm. Williams influence in here. This is the the map, the first map theme you hear in the game. Yeah, and contrasted with that very light and bubbly piece Evelyn Fisher composed for the original Donkey Mm -hmm. Kong Country. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. So different. really laid back. This music completely establishes a different atmosphere. What I love is the composition here is so serious. That's what that's one of the things that, you know, and we've talked about this before, the things that's so great about this series is that the music isn't tongue in cheek at all. It's mm-hmm. often the emotions are scored so seriously. Well, I think that's what makes the game actually funnier and more interesting to play right. is because when you have music that sounds legitimate and sounds serious, it's going to make you actually laugh more at the joke the or at contrast the, you know, the contrast all, there. So, yeah, I mean, if this whole score was approached with like a ding dong ding dong cartoon approach, it would get very tiresome. And there's already plenty of elements in the game that some people might dismiss as, oh, this is just a silly game. This isn't a true Nintendo game. It's just kind of cartoony and silly. But I think Dave, uh, you know, with the music and how he's taking it so seriously, he's really adding uh, this level of legitimacy to, to the experience. The thing that we didn't mention is the track we played in with the title screen, that theme, that melody that he Mm -hmm. composed that's sort of the central theme of DKC2 follows us through a lot of the soundtrack. And you could say that this map theme is almost kind of a riff off of that chord progression. Sure. I'm talking about... 
There's more tracks later that yeah we're gonna back have to one that. later too. Um, but this is written in that same vein. One of my favorite things is I guess you might call it a B section. The ba 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 ba. Sure. The chords that he uses capture this really striking emotional quality. It it's just beautiful writing and. Again, incredible use of the Super Nintendo instrument, something that I was kind of marveling at, that little chime glockenspiel sound. Sometimes it's used for doubling octaves above yeah, the melody very shimmering and beautiful. But in this track, it's actually used as its own independent counter melody, and I just thought that was fascinating. Yeah, and this is also just a, a musical style that we don't get to hear very often from Dave, so it's cool that he was going for such a specific thing, kind of loses himself in the score. Yeah, let's it's not move on. vibey, it's not jazzy, it's it's very serious kind of orchestral music. Let's move on to I believe the first level theme that you hear. This is called Clomp's Romp. And it starts with this long uh, series of kind of ambient sound effects and then slowly a melodic element comes in and then after a long time the rest of the chords come in. Um, and it's a very bluesy, fun uh, kind of Americana sound. And what we actually are doing today is we're making a little montage because the melody featured in Clomp's Romp is also featured, I would say, maybe more prominently and maybe more definitively in the track Snaky Shanty. So we're going to be playing a little montage starting with Clomp's romp and then moving into snaky shanty well, and that melody actually comes from the final boss theme of the original donkey kong country when Very you true. fight king k rule because the because the final stage that takes place on that ship the gangplank yeah. galleon actually opens the second game let's take a listen to clomp's romp So fun. This really brings me back. It's such colorful music that I just immediately picture all the enemies and the animations and the background. It's just I'm I'm just conjuring mm-hmm. up all these memories from this. You're now listening to Snaky Shanty. We made this little medley. We first heard Clomp's Romp. Isn't the same this great? basic melody. It's so good. I think Snaky Shanty is just the best version of this melody and you do hear it kind of back and forth because I believe this is the version you hear when you're riding the snake. 
Well, what's so great about Dave Wise's music is it kind of works on every level. He's able to call back and reuse melodies. In some cases, tunes from the first game. In other cases, it's rearrangements of stage themes that come back in bonus stage levels. Yeah. But... But what's so great about his music is it's not just those melodies, it's also the presentation. Because each of the tracks that they're used in have their own identity, and you kind of forget that they're calling back on similar melodies. I think if we played these as separate tracks, there would be a lot of people that, honestly, it sounds crazy, Carl, but they, they might, might not, not even realize it that it's the same tune, because the presentation is such a big part of the musical effect. Well, one of them has a rhythm section, like a rocking drum and bass kind of right. big band style. I pro- probably didn't realize that when when I was a kid, sure. I didn't realize they were the same melody. Well, the other thing that's so effective, I love Klomp's romp, and it's a perfect way of starting off the game. Kind of the creaking ship sound effects. Right, and, yeah. and Dave Wise is known for using sound effects in the sample channel of the Super Nintendo in integrating sound effects in a musical way. It's one of the things that he's kind of known for as a composer, but it's such a great way of starting off DKC2 because the sound effects are definitely communicating the swashbuckling kind of pirate fantasy nature of it. And the melody itself is that kind of shanty, old school swashbuckling folk oh, it's on melody, the nose. Yeah, but it's anytime, bluesy too. It has some of those jazzy elements to it. It's like so many different levels of David Wise. It's like <laughs> yeah, on the inside, like it's David Wise, Wise, and on the outside, it's a different color paint that's also <laughs> David Wise. Well, yeah, the bluesy element I associate with like his NES days. Yeah, I think one of the reason why it's so effective for a, a, an audio designer slash composer to, to, to incorporate sound effects in music, especially in this era, is that you have total control over the experience. Like Dave is basically crafting exactly what the player will hear, minus the jump sounds and stuff like right. that. He, you know, starting with the ambience of the creaking ship and then slowly introducing the music. I mean, so much of the experience is is just we have to thank one man for that. You know, it's just wild <laughs> you know when you were saying that Carl I was picturing the sound that happens you, you know when you pick up a barrel and you crash it over a large enemy's head and they mm-hmm. go oh yeah and they kind of have that dramatic death sound gosh this game is so fun let's move on <laughs> to I think the second stage theme you hear in the game this is jib jig one of our favorites Another amazing example of incorporating sound effects in music together in this one amazing audio package. Like, where do the sound effects end? Where does the music begin? Really, that wind and that rain is an essential part of the song. I would never want to hear this without that. Like, I'm sure there's covers out there that exist of people doing this maybe with better instrumentation, but you got to have that rain. <laughs> it's just, yeah. That's what makes Jib Jig work. Well, and it's such a phenomenal melody. I mean, again, it's capturing the swashbuckling style. We Mm -hmm. mentioned in our pirate music episode that 
we mentioned in our pirate music episode that the melody of jib jig is actually hearkening to the musical form of a jig that mm-hmm. is associated with you know is associated with sailing ships and pirates, pirates. and all that stuff but chord wise and melody wise i just think this is such an evocative piece of music particularly particularly it's so beautiful again this is another example of uh, a musical direction that we never really get to hear right. from dave other than this particular project well, and i love that sort of bridge section where it goes to the minor two chord to the minor six chord yeah. the you know we've so mentioned before that yeah this score really is borrowing a lot of influence from john Williams. Williams film scored a hook uh, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of similarities between it um but you know it's really not done in any kind of pastiche or trite way i mean it's just the melodies and themes here are th- at that level of quality and sophistication God, they're actually in some ways a little bit more simpler uh, like this is a, an example of a of a piece that just seems like a classic old folk melody that right. oh yeah didn't i grow up hearing this watching cartoons but not really <laughs> it's an original melody it's amazing all right the last thing i'll say about the pirate influence is as we progress throughout the game and soundtrack if you if you look at the uh the official soundtrack release or maybe it's not official but at least the spc version uh it kind of is introduced the same way that you hear the music in the game and as you play the game you start to kind of hear a little bit less and less of the pirate influence in more and more of other musical influences such as disco electronic and a lot of rock right. a lot of other places and the so, instrumentation it gets so ambitious and exciting so look forward to that all right let's move on to the first underwater theme you hear in this game which is very much a stark contrast to what we heard in the previous game with aquatic ambiance this is much darker let's take a listen to lock jaws saga You guys are listening to Lock Jaws Saga, which is the under the main underwater theme of Donkey Kong Country 2, and it's amazing. It's so atmospheric. This is a great example of why I think Dave's work for the Donkey Kong Country series on the Super Nintendo was just unlike anything else you heard in the system. It's atmospheric and vibey, probably more than almost any other soundtrack, but it's also more catchy and fun than almost any soundtrack. He's able to do, this is a great example, this track, he's able to do everything that is effective about 16-bit video game music. It can be more vibey and atmospheric than it could have been before on the NES, because you have more of these, you know, expansive sound channels, but it can also just 
kind of score the action in a very emotional way, like the way a film would, you know? Well, and I think what he doesn't get enough credit for is the fact that this is music that were it in an RPG, you know, you'd be hearing it at symphony concerts around yeah. the world and stuff like that. We need to hear this more in symphonies. Well, and the thing I love is that this is the same composer who established the Donkey Kong Country sound. Well, does video games live do DKC stuff? I know that they've done Donkey Kong Country things in the past. I don't know if I've heard this particular track ever done. Well, what's though. so cool, though, is Dave Wise created the Donkey Kong Country sound, and so he was really the only one that could have the guts and the confidence to kind of push it into this new direction. Right. And he has... And he brings with him that incredible gift for melody mm-hmm. that it just feels distinct to this series. And I, again, the implementation we've talked about is being so daring. I love all the panning effects that happen here. The drums, it, it definitely captures... The jungle drums Yeah, a much so more in, intense mood that is really fitting for the level. All the water levels in the original Donkey Kong Country seem to be more like you were in the ocean. Things. I gotta say, those like really big jungle drum samples lend so much legitimacy to this track and it really reminds me of sounds you hear in films right you you hear a lot of modern scores that have so much reliance on like these big kind of african drums right uh and that's what we hear in this track it just happens to also be coupled with a catchy melody you kind of get everything though because it since it starts off with just percussion it's just like okay this is serious and the level was always kind of scary as a kid and then bit by bit the ostinato develops that kind of plucky ethereal harp sound right it's so good all right let's move on to the first boss theme you hear in the game this is boss bossa nova clever You guys are listening to Boss Bossa Nova, but it is not a Bossa Nova. Just a funny title. <laughs> Donkey Kong Country 2 by Dave Wise. Harkening once once again to, I guess I would say, maybe the main theme of Donkey Kong Country 2. Once again, we're getting... Um, it feels like maybe this and K. Rule Returns, Welcome to Crocodile Island, were maybe worked on around the same time because right. they have a very similar feel to them. Well, I think intentionally he these are the pieces of music that need to be the through line. Because yeah. as you mentioned, Carl, he does go in different directions in this soundtrack. So you need some consistency with the aesthetic. And this is also the track that I think reminds me of the most of John Williams because you have really? that principle but you also get the which really reminds me of Hook and it actually reminds me of the love theme from episode 2 across the stars now let me say a couple things about the boss fights in this game first of all as far as the gameplay goes they're way too easy like <laughs> boss you can't even call these like boss like saying it it's a boss is like in quotes like they're incredibly easy and way too short and we don't get to unfortunately we don't get to hear enough of this music because you probably beat it in like four seconds but i it, think you might be remembering it a little wrong i mean as a kid i would die on that giant bird Nicky, who you have to throw the I things at him. um but in general pretty easy boss fights but the way that he's scoring it, it, it this is just more engaging boss music than 
a lot of things you would hear in this era. Oh, completely. It's just, it's catchy. And I love that it's tied into the aesthetic of the game too. Yep. You know, it's not just generic kind of rock. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not unfitting for, you know, the climactic feelings of a boss, but it's just, again, I would listen to this on my iPod. Right? Like I literally yeah. would. It's so tuneful. I mean, oftentimes boss music, that that's the more score element that that's not necessarily something catchy that you want to listen to. It's right. almost just for functionality's sake. But what's great about Dave Wise's tradition is it really seems like every piece of music in the game is something special, is a piece of art that has been crafted and yeah. unique. Let's move on to something very different. Uh, as far as the style goes here, this is Hothead Bop. It's another great example. Favorites. Oh my God, so good. Great example of starting off with sound effects and really having sound effects be an integral part of, of the piece of music. And, oh, it's just so groovy, so catchy. Let's take a listen to Hothead Bop. guys listening to hothead bop which is maybe my second favorite piece of music in dkc2 absolutely amazing so many great melodies this final section is so much more like emotional and just (laughs) amazing than this level really needs like he's just (laughs) going above and beyond it starts off with this really cool bass groove uh drum part is really good right the little you know bubble sound effects just really really can almost hear the lava yeah they add atmosphere it's just it's a great example. That riff is super catchy, super groovy, great melody. It just fits the level like a glove. Absolutely. Yeah, and what I love about pieces like this in Dave Wise's output is the form of them. They're almost constructed like a piece of electronic music or techno music yeah. where you have a pretty much consistent groove or chord progression. 
and ideas are developed in almost like a sequential manner. So you'll have one melody and then you'll have another idea introduced. But what's cool about a track like this is even though it progresses that way where it doesn't have a very short loop, you could say, and new ideas are introduced, it, it isn't just maintaining the same stock chord progression. Mm -hmm. It goes in all kinds of different directions. For instance, da 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 When that idea comes that in, so we beautiful. go into this kind of like 90s pop ballad progression. Absolutely. Which is you know, so the lovely. main riff, the dun 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 Dun, dun, dun. Kind of reminds us of Sonic for some reason, like either Sonic 3D Blast or Sonic 3. Well, especially the melody. Yeah, it reminds me of Sonic for the Genesis. That's weird. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a couple moments in this score where I'm like, wait a second, this has got to be a Japanese composition, right? <laughs> it's well, just odd. What I love about Dave Wise is if you take the ideas themselves, like that melody almost sounds like it could be in like a Mario Kart game. Or, you know, it's mm -hmm. very bluesy. It does sound like the kind of melody that would come from a jazzier mind, but the whole presentation <laughs> is so vibey and atmospheric. It, he really creates his own style. That's one of the greatest things about Dave Wise is there really is anyone else who sounds just like him absolutely let's move on to another really all-star track when it comes to donkey kong country 2 we keep saying this but it's maybe so far the strongest example of how the ambience and the sound effects that are supposed to convey the world that you're in help to add elements to the music right. in this case it's these kind of metallic industrial mine sound effects and that's basically contributing to part of the drum groove so it's just incredibly well done. Let's take a listen to Mining Melancholy. Classic David Wise, classic VGM. This is Mining Melancholy from DKC2. We were just talking about our experiences with the level on this, and Will was saying how he hates this level because it's very challenging. <laughs> For some reason, I still have a memory of loving this level, and I think that's honestly just because of this music. Yeah, the music is like, great. I'm okay with being in a frustrating environment. If I can hear this music, everything's going to be okay. Well, I mentioned even when you die, he carries over the sound set of that specific level. So the death jingle, he wrote a distinct one for every single stage using those particular and sound samples. And that's a great example of, of having limitations actually create something even better. An interconnected Because basically world. the reason he did that is because he already has 
this full set of samples loaded up for this level, it would have been impossible with like the 64K or whatever he had to load new samples for the death jingle. So he actually, he had to, he was almost forced to, as far as his process for, for making this, uh, to, to do a new death jingle. You know, that's Then again, in the original Donkey Kong Country and in the third one, they have just one uniform jingle, which, uh, you know, it's... Evelyn Fisher must have done something different then. Yeah, and Could I mean, I think they process. probably were using a more. They were probably using more of the same instruments yep. in in those titles. But yeah, this is just such a great composition. There really is a kinship between David Wise's harmonic language and his melodic instincts with a lot of the Japanese video game composers. That's why I think yeah. it was so great that he got to work with Kenji Yamamoto's team when they collaborated on Retro's uh, Donkey Kong. Retro's Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze because I feel like there really is a similar thing between both of their musical instincts and their kind of production aesthetic. Absolutely. Well, I think now will be a good time. Why don't we cut to a little excerpt of our recent conversation we had this past MAGFest oh, with let's David do it. Wise. All right, guys, enjoy the snippet of our talk with Dave. But uh, the, the way it was done, it was single cycle waveforms. I got about 20, and I nicked the idea from the Corgway station at the time because they did it. And what you do, you, you crossfade from one to the other, so you're always playing two, two, oh, two samples, sure. and then you smudge it over by having a vocal um, line in the background, and then you can't hear the crossfades, and it sounds like one smooth thing. Um, oh. And the idea with it's the way it kind of goes into it as well and I was just trying to emulate Portamento so from a technical point of view that that line I was very li into listening to Duran Duran as well at the same oh, time sure, he's sure. it kind of into his synths so t to actually get a synth sound that could you could modulate the resonance on or, or the cutoff filter from the resonance and then put Portamento on as well is something you could never achieve on, on the Super NES so to actually emulate it and get away with it was like you know, yeah. it was just one of those nerd sure. out kind of moments. Oh, we've done it. We've only got 64K, we've got a very limited sample set. So if you've got a bird, what else can you do with the bird? And But it wasn't that. You'd look at the waveform and you realize that the, the bird is, is a collection of little dots. So you can just sure. take one of those and then you can put the modulation curve in y yourself oh, back sure. in, in far off a subroutine to do it. And so instead of having a bird sound, you've got one tiny little part of a bird sound. You emulate sure. and you're actually drawing the, that's, in effect, drawing the... Like, yeah, yeah. Put, drawing it back in and, and, and getting, getting the sound that way, and then you realize that if... It's so inventive. Yeah, you could use that sound then, not just as a bird sound, but because it's a, a single cycle waveform, then it, actually you could play it, and it sounds totally different yeah. to a, a trumpet sound. So it was just making the best of the very limited resources we got and using them in inventive ways, so you got a much bigger palette than you, you might imagine that you got awesome awesome well let's get back into the wonderful music we have a lot more great tracks to play hopefully you guys enjoyed that little snippet if you want to hear the whole conversation it was on our ukulele part two episode i believe is yes, that right well, and we also had a standalone david wise episode years ago and that, that was has another so interview. great yeah that actually that interview was responsible for getting us a lot of new listeners because that was mm -hmm. kind of uh you know like quite a scoop yeah you can find it on youtube still all right let's move on to bayou boogie
you guys listening to Bayou Boogie. Such a great example of Dave's natural gift for, for really strong, potent melodies that just hit you. Like, there's really necessarily no reason for Bayou Boogie to, to be this emotional, but I think it just adds legitimacy to the game. It just makes you want to play this level more because the music feels like so important. Like, it feels like, I have to beat this level. I don't know, I just think he has every little idea, every little like cue that comes in, the short little melody that transitions from one section to the next, every single one is so solid. Right. Well, and what's fun about this soundtrack is there's a lot of incredible melodies that almost feel like these lost little gems Mm -hmm. because so often they're presented with a lot of noise, percussion, sound effects right at the outset that it actually takes a little while to get into the more musical ideas themselves Mm -hmm. but they're all so fantastic and again I'm just reminded of a lot of Japanese video game music Carl you were remarking that it's just all so earnest and kind of cute yeah I just I don't know I feel like no one definitely not Dave realizes even when he's not trying to how like adorable his music is in well, it's a good just so way. vulnerable and honest you yeah know, it's not tongue-in-cheek it really is taken seriously and these are beautiful melodies and just gorgeous chords he's using yeah again dave wise to me is one of my favorite video game composers because in whatever mood i'm in mm-hmm. he has something there for me if, True. if i'm more compelled to just be listening to something groovy he's got me covered if i want to hear a great melody he's got me covered if i want to hear really neat interesting production or ambience he's got me covered and sometimes and, oh, in the, it's all the same, in the track. same track <laughs> yeah it's insane it's insane all right guys we're gonna move on to this week's track of the week uh feels like really the only choice we could make uh track of the week is going to be sticker bush symphony which potentially is the most beloved uh dkc track from the whole series uh, it's probably a toss-up between aquatic ambiance and this, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of like taking what he did so successfully with aquatic ambiance and kind of revisiting that style of kind of morphing, evolving uh, electronic music. Well, and as Dave mentioned in our interview, that it's just so fortuitous that this track even ended up in the game because yeah. originally he wrote it for an unused, unfinished water level, mm-hmm. which is why it sounds so much like aquatic ambiance. Yeah. And it wasn't until, and it really was his idea at sort of the last minute of like, oh, maybe I'll see if that track works here just because he happened to enjoy the melody. But can you imagine a world without Sticker Where Bush this Symphony? didn't exist? Oh my <laughs> gosh, that would be a worse world for sure. All right, let's take a listen to this week's track of the week, Sticker Bush Symphony. Thank you. 
so good. I've listened to this probably a thousand times and it never ceases to amaze me just how powerful this is as a piece of music. It's a journey, you know? I've probably only maybe, listened to it like 200 times. <laughs> maybe more effective than even aquatic ambience as far as starting at one point with these very uh, kind of morphing electronic sounds and getting to where we are now with the drums and the bass and just having it come full circle. It's just, it takes you on this emotional journey that I just can't think of another piece of like Super Nintendo music that, that does this. It's just so expertly written. The melody is fantastic. Fantastic! I love the bass movement. I mean, yeah. Dave Wise's chords are always very expressive and tend to having these extended seventh and ninth chords. Um, very evocative stuff, but that kind of digital synth bass. Some of the notes that it's landing on, it's not always just hitting the root tones, and there's something really striking by those inversions. Yeah, I think the production of this and aquatic ambiance are very similar in terms of how impressive they are, but I have to say that I like this piece of music better. I, I just too. think it might be the greatest melody he's ever written, mm -hmm. and it's one of the best pieces of game music. I mean, this is something that I really think you could show people that have not played video games that might have disparaging ideas about yeah. what video game music sounds like in terms of genre and in terms of presentation. I think in every sense, this is such an impressive piece of work. The fact that this came out in 1995 for the Super Nintendo, it was pushing the boundaries technically in ways that we honestly never heard before or after on the Super Nintendo. So expressive, just so powerful as a piece of music. It's just... I also the, love, oh, it's so good. You kind of can glimpse at the humanity of the person who created it. Like we said, it is so earnest. It is so honest and genuine mm -hmm. that, he, I don't know, he's able to communicate this really mature, sad, nostalgic character of his person. That mm -hmm. he, I mean, even when we talked to him and we had a great time having a whole conversation with him, he is a very humble, soft-spoken guy. Mm -hmm. And what's so special about his music is that you really feel like there's a piece of himself in there that by it's, hearing yeah. something like this, you, you get to understand a little bit more about his soul. Yeah, you can definitely tell that uh, the music that he writes is very personal to him and definitely, definitely a part of him. All right, let's move on to a nice change of pace. This is Flight of the Zinger from DKC2.
You guys are listening to Flight of the Zinger, composed by David Wise from Donkey Kong Country 2. Now, this is a case where I will say I detest this level. <laughs> I am not a fan. Oh, really? Uh, I hate those darn bees. They're so <laughs> annoying, especially the red ones. Yes, the music does not help as much as... Uh, what was that other track that you said you didn't enjoy? Mining Melancholy. It's not quite as relaxing. <laughs> this one is like everything about the track is kind of on edge. I like yeah. the level. And yeah, I, uh, I don't want to... I'm not looking forward to... I'm going to probably replay this game just in the wake of listening to this music, but I'm not looking forward to this level. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel you there. This track exploits something that Dave was doing all over the place on the SNES with those uh, single cycle waveform samples mm-hmm. where he could kind of have the effect of a modular a modular synth pad yeah, that was kind, kind of, of like changing crossfading its two ones and then you kind of change this to the another one and then another one and then over time it's it sounds It's one of the things that morphing. is so staggering to listen to because it just does not sound like any other Super Nintendo track. It's kind of yep. like listening to a Fallen Brothers piece where it's like, wait, this was done on the NES? Like, it's so clear, how did he do it? Yeah, yeah, it's so clear. It comes from a mind. Uh, <laughs> this is someone who nev- didn't really have much experience on the Super Nintendo. He was just trying to make good music, trying to emulate you know, the Korg wave state trying to emulate other real-life synthesizers and was doing everything he could to do that on this new technology. What I think is so fun about video game music is there were so many different types of game composers. There's people that were more focused purely on melody and chords um, and people that were really gung-ho about implementation and people that were good at both. I mean, you think of a composer like Koichi Sujiyama where literally he just wrote the music and then somebody else would implement it. And that's great. And I, I love that 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 exists and he brings with him all this classical sophistication and then but then you have somebody like dave wise who can write these beautiful melodies who can write these captivating pieces that really fit emotionally with what's happening in the game and implement them in these ways that helps to kind of sell off the power of the super nintendo i mean these games were really great at showcasing what was so impressive about at the end of the day as good as these games are and they are very good and very fun with great graphics and gameplay without this music i really don't think the series would have lived on i don't think it would have had the critical acclaim definitely not to this day i mean i think game music and film music is really part of what what helps these old games live on in our mm-hmm. pop culture. I mean, it's no coincidence that MAGFest isn't just about games. It's also about yeah. music because you can't take the music out of video yep, games. Absolutely. Let's now change things up and let's, let's all dance to Disco Train from Donkey Kong <laughs> Country 2. This one's fun. Here we go. Haunted Disco Train, indeed. 
That's very evident when you play this level. Something's not quite right here. Uh, this is really cool. I think Dave's having a lot of fun with this, kind of going out of his way in times to make it sound a little bit screwed up and dissonant. Yeah. Having that melody that's pretty much like a bass in addition to another bass, <laughs> there's like a normal dance bass, and then there's this like melody that's in a, a like a synth bass in a low range, and it's very muddy, and I think that's totally intentional. Right. I can't remember. Is this the music for Funky Kong, or is this the music for like Cranky Kong? No, this is a movie. level. This is a level where I think it's a like a cart, like basically a minecart level. Ah. Yeah, it's later on in the game, and it's kind of um, a little bit twisted and... Um, you know, like a condit house kind of style. The other thing that I forgot to mention earlier is a lot of Dave Wise's music is also written in the Dorian mode, which is another thing that makes it sound like Video classic VGM and sound like a lot of. You know great what's Japanese cool is composers. I think definitely in the case of Dave, I don't think he said to him like, "I'm going to make a piece in the Dorian mode." No, I think but that was, was the language of rock music right. and pop so music he was like, in the eighties. This and sounds 90s. good. This chord sounds good. This melody sounds good. Right. And he just does it. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to something very fun, very quintessential. DKC. This is. Schoolhouse Harmony. Such an amazing track. This is Schoolhouse Harmony, uh, pretty much Wrinkly Kong's theme. What I love about it is it's so much more youthful and fun than that character necessarily deserves, <laughs> but it kind of does characterize her well in this part of the game well. Uh, I don't know. I think this is such a fun piece of music, really taking advantage of those fun samples. Mm -hmm. um, and then what I really love, and I always imagine this, I don't know if you agree with me, you know how it starts with these, some people might consider these clap sound effects? Uh -huh. I feel like it's trying to sound like uh, chalkboard erasers. Oh, is that just sure. me? Am I the only one? Or well, every time and I hear that, there's also that sound of the school bell. Ding -ling. Exactly. Every time I hear that, I think of chalkboard erasers. It's a very cute, like schoolhouse, and the way it, the just the images. Um, She's also, for the game, she helps you and gives you tips and everything. And she is funny, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I think the music almost has like a school is out kind of a fun yeah, summer. Summertime vibes. Vibe to it. But yeah, one of my favorite tracks in the game. Good and melody. I love the... And I love the instrumentation for the it uses this classic kind of Beatlesy progression, um, and it, it's one of the things that ends up it makes it sound like Donkey Kong somehow. It sounds mm. like apes. It sounds like the jungle still. Yeah, it's just fun music. All right, we're gonna now move on to <laughs> such fun. It's music. just really fun. Now we're gonna move on to uh, something that feels like it was maybe composed early on because I have a feeling uh, this shares a, a lot of similarity to 
the the vibey atmosphere that he established in the first game you know one of the cool things that happened in the first game is it wasn't just dave you know dave worked with evelyn fisher and uh, i think maybe an additional composer and so a lot of his music was you know he had the main the the main the first level that you heard which was very swanky and big man but actually a lot of his tracks were kind of like subdued and uh, atmospheric and that's definitely the case that for this melodic ambiance mm-hmm. classic dkc here this is forest interlude guys are listening to forest interlude it just is mind-boggling every track i get to i'm like no this is the classic dkc2 track it feels like this is maybe like his second attempt at like sticker bush symphony or something you know it's like now that we know that that was for a time scrapped maybe maybe there's a time when he was like okay i want to kind of take some of the elements that worked in that and make a new track it's just this is classic dave i love that it's a tough one to beat the melody is so great we featured this on our five finger fanfare episode that's true it's just a classic track not really anything else that i again i mean all the things that we've been talking about about what's so great about his music exist in this track case in point yeah, we, we almost don't even have to say anything anymore. He's he's proving his own self-worth just with the music alone. What a talent. So grateful that he's still working and doing great work in the video game industry. Let's move on to Haunted Chase. Watch out, guys. I just love Dave's take at boss music. It's just so unique. It's just something about it. It's very entertaining for me. You guys listening to Haunted Chase, this perfectly captures uh, just the feeling of like a blood pumping, frightening chase. What I love is it definitely is indulging in a lot more... uh a lot more hard rock influence, but still done with these orchestral samples. Yep. 
it's that's that's a great point. I never thought about that because I you know you hear these orchestral sounds, so immediately I just think of like film music. But yeah, there's there's this track rocks for sure. Absolutely, you get a kind little of bit prog. of that James Bond progression in there. Definitely very progressive, kind of progressive, totally. yeah. Yeah, and this is a track that I haven't heard as much because it comes a little bit later in the game. Sure. Um, so it's also fun to it's also fun to listen to almost like a, a bonus piece of music from this game for whatever reason. Yeah, some of this the, isn't one that I remember as oh, much. Oh yeah, absolutely. Some of the tracks that are later on in the soundtrack and also, you know, subsequently the game are tracks that, you know, maybe we've only listened to a handful of times. And so, yeah, they don't, they don't jog our memory as much as something like Jib Jig does, which we've listened to and played thousands of times. Cause a lot of times I'll go up, I'll fire up the SNES and I'll play the first few levels and then, have to go out somewhere and maybe forget, you know? So a lot sure. of times you play the start of these games uh, more than the end. Let's now move on to an absolute classic, definitely featured in one of our snow ice episodes a long time ago. This is In a Snowbound Land. guys are listening to in a snowbound land and i actually have a feeling that dave was influenced by evelyn's um wonderful snow track for the first sure donkey kong country game because this one definitely is reminiscent of that one and that's a great track Mm -hmm. you know what i'm kind of reminded of there's a theme um in the sonic the hedgehog series now this is going to be embarrassing i'm not remembering which game it was from it might be from some version of sonic cd or sonic jam or but it's definitely it's a reoccurring theme it might have even been from one of the Yuzo Koshiro ones that they reused in a later Sonic game. Huh, interesting. This yeah. melody kind of reminds me of that. I do know that melody. I can't, I'm embarrassed too. I we can't should, remember exactly We should ask the Kellys. From. They are experts on all things Sonic. I'm sure someone will tweet and comment us what, what's, that, what's that from. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So one Send of you guys will, will do that. Send us your angry tweets. Please don't do that. All right. Let's move on to um, this to me feels like we're finally coming back to that kind of dark minor key swashbuckling pirate energy that maybe has been absent for for quite a while in the game and in the soundtrack so it's great to come back to this aesthetic let's take a listen to crook's march
what an interesting piece of music. This is overlooked. Uh, I don't think we've played it on the podcast before, uh, and I think a lot of people would, would forget about this. It, it happens say. very late in the game. Uh, it's one of those levels that I believe is constantly moving upward, and you have to try to keep up. Oh, um, sure. It's, it's a great level, great track. I must say, it's very Kirkopian. It <laughs> is sounds it like ever. Grant Kirkhope. This is in 1995, before we would hear uh, compositions from Kirkhope. I imagine, you know, also borrowing influences from film music, composers like John Williams, Danny Elfman, Bernard Herrmann, people that definitely inspired Kirkhope. I, you know, Dave Wise occasionally will draw influence from those people as well yeah and a track like this it's so interesting because i don't think of dave writing ever in any kind of like tongue-in-cheek style or um in a harmonic palette that is that kind of overtly film music and contemporary you know where he's using a tritone progression yeah. or modulating between all these he's different just, borrowed it, chords this is an example where he's maybe just dipping his toe in that water sure. for this particular instance yeah and I think this game probably has a bit more of that than any other game in the Donkey Kong Country series um, there, there is like the fun almost tongue in cheek element with some of the boss music and with some of the big imposing baddies the yeah. bomb 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 even though it's excellent music, it mm-hmm. does feel a little bit self more self-aware than something like Stickerbush Symphony. Okay, so we're going to do another medley. And I prefer to, if I'm playing this piece of music on a podcast, I'm pre- I prefer to do this. This is Token Tango, which is the bonus theme of DKC2. So good. But what you really have to do is you have to hear the intro, the bonus intro first, and then leading into the bonus theme. Right. I just can't imagine not hearing these two together, right? <laughs> so let's experience it the same way we do in the game. This is Token Tango. Awesome to finally hear uh, that awesome theme that he composed for the first game, that DK Island Swing. At this point, when you hear it in two games, it feels like, oh, this is maybe the main theme of the series. And then, you know, when you hear it in so many games, because now when they make all these other Donkey Kong Country games and it it always Uh appears, this really does feel like if there is a main theme of the series, this has got to be it. Right. And I love that they extrapolate on that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da part of the melody and kind of use that as an intro riff because the sure. first time I heard it I wasn't thinking about the island swing thing because no. it starts with it's like I forgot that that was in that melody and when they kind of and all the instruments kind of do this shout chorus and like stab it at the end of the phrase it's well, this, this is really like fun moment finally delivering on the big band promise that right. we, we heard a glimpse of in the original iteration well and it even gets more extrapolated in the bonus room blitz and Donkey Kong 
Country I Three. I love that. That's actually, I think, the best. I have to scene. say, the new. The, the, we haven't talked about this yet, but at E3, there was so much incredible music. I'm loving all the Mario Odyssey stuff. But that new song that she sings, here we go, right. bam, but bam, mm-hmm. bam, yeah, but bam, bam. It's a ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. bonus time. It's very much song. like the yeah. Dave Wise song from Donkey Kong Country Three. How cool and would new it be? Donk City. I well, mean, how I feel cool like would it be if it was released that Dave Wise composed that track? <laughs> it's it's too Japanese though. It's, Even fa- for it's him. very Mihiro Yokota ish. Yeah, well, that's weird that we haven't talked about the E three stuff. I mean, we're we're just blown away with everything I've we saw and heard. I've been obsessed with the new Donk City theme that I'm convinced is Koji Kondo. Probably it's, is it's Koji Kondo. It's been giving me like I'm still, reinvigorated I always, life I force. always have to wait for confirmation though, just because there's been times before. You know, you guys were convinced that uh, Gusty Garden was Koji Kondo. So yeah, I, but we'd never heard Mahito Yokota before. That's true. Yeah, I, now no matter, I feel like I can definitely make a distinction. No matter who the it two. is, though. I yeah, I'm just for everything I've heard of Odyssey so far has been really impressive, and I'm excited to hear the entire thing and play that game because it looks like nothing else I've seen in the series. All right, let's move on to Clubba's Reveille. Here we go. Now, this is interesting. Uh, this was placed very late in the soundtrack, but Will brings to my attention uh, a good point. I mean, when you play the game, you actually do hear this melody quite early because right. uh, this guy, Clubba, like, blocks the road and you have to get yeah. so many coins or something to get past him. I forget what... You have to give him some sort of object. Again, feel free to send us your I think it was tweets. coins. It was a certain amount of, like, Clubba coins or something, you know? Like, special coins that you get in the level. Huh. It was something like that. But yeah, yeah, we do hear this in the game. We hear it early on, but it's nice to place at this point in the soundtrack. Again, this is getting back to that classic main theme. This is evoking right. that swashbuckling feel that, uh, you know, some of the early pieces of music That's have. what I will say. As great as the Dunkin' Gun Country 3 score is, I do miss out on that sense of uh, motivic connectivity. There For isn't sure. really a distinctive primary theme in that game, and there's not really a lot of calling back of existing themes. All right, guys, we're going to play the last track of the day, minus the playout, obviously. This one is uh, an interesting one to end on. It's probably one of the most creepy and maybe intense uh, of the score. It's, I believe... uh, Now, Will, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong. This might be the final boss theme. Uh, It's one of the final climactic themes of the game. What is it called? Crocodile Cacophony by David Weiss.
one quick thing I wanted to say about this track is I really love how he's evoking the Welcome to Crocodile Isle theme that we heard hours and hours as you're playing through this game. That map theme was just in everyone's heads. Finally, in the final boss theme, he's kind of doing this variation of that Well, that's theme. what I'm talking about. This soundtrack, it's almost like a film score where yeah. he has specific themes that are reused. It doesn't feel like every piece is its own island with no connected <laughs> it's tissue. Its own aisle. Its own crocodile aisle. Yeah, it's Guys, one aisle. Thank you so much for joining us. This was one of the funnest episodes that I've done in a long time. I mean, I'm just... I love this music so much. It's so nostalgic. I can't, I will admit that I can't separate my nostalgia and like my love for just the objective uh, elements of the music, but I just had such a great time. Finally, we were able to spotlight on this game. So thanks everybody. Yeah, this was just a blast. Dave Wise is such an inspiring composer and it's just, it's been such a delight for us. One of the many blessings that's come to us through doing this podcast is getting to speak with some of our favorite composers. And I just don't think I'm ever going to forget, you know, when we first interviewed him and uh, this past year at MAGFest when we actually got to sit down and have a drink with him. I mean, amazing. I I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. Yeah. Just an incredible experience. Uh, And then just having that, that MAGFest interview uh, just in like this private conference room where, you know, just just us talking to Dave and just hearing some some firsthand stories. Uh, I don't know. It's just such a treat. So grateful that he's still active. One of my favorite stories, you know, as of recent years, um, someone kind of having this late renaissance in their career. You know, there was mm-hmm. a long number of years where he just was having some bad luck with the games he was working on. A lot of them were canceled. A lot of the projects never saw the light of day. Finally, he's he's really he's back and, and kind of making a big splash in the past couple of years. So. Really excited to hear what he cooks up next. We're going to play you guys out with a really fun track that kind of sums up the feel of Donkey Kong. This is Cranky's Conga. Uh, We're really excited because next week we have Original Showcase. We are dangerously getting close to the end of this season. (laughs) So you guys should enjoy that. That's an episode where we bring in our music. So another thing that we have to plug coming up here there is going to be a new podcast on the Mercado Brothers Network coming in mm-hmm. the next few weeks. Uh, the podcast is called Heroes 3. It's going to be hosted by our brother Marty, our good buddy Carlos, who we've mentioned many times on this Everyone show. Everyone knows Carlos. And uh, Matthew Tusseroni, the creator of Major Third. Yeah, we've had him on the podcast before, too. Yeah. All friends of the Mercado fam, extended, some of them extended members of the fam. In the podcast is called Heroes 3. It adventures in asian cinema so they're just going to be talking about like classic old kung Kung fu Fu. it's a kung fu podcast so it's definitely filling a totally different void in the marcado brothers (laughs) uh universe so their show is going to come out every other wednesday but you can look forward to their first episode on july 5th i personally cannot wait myself me too and i really want to go on their podcast as a guest because i I love kung fu yeah Uh, i grew up marty marty got us into that yeah he showed me so much classic kung fu stuff uh so i i definitely would would love to be on their podcast so that's going to be a really nice change well, of pace and we're finally going to get to have carlos on the show he's been yeah 
Yeah, well, that's going to be fairly He's been soon. avoiding us for too long. So yeah, now early no next choice. season, we'll definitely get Carlos on an episode. So yeah, guys, we're approaching the end. Thanks so much for sticking with us. A couple last things to plug here. Uh, our Patreon, thanks so much to all of our lovely patrons uh, for supporting us. That's a great way that if you want to help out all the costs of you know keeping the show going with the website hosting and all the you know maintenance and equipment that we need to keep the show going. So thanks so much. Thanks for all the nice iTunes reviews. Been some really nice ones lately. We really appreciate that. You can subscribe to us there. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and our website is supermarcadobrothers.com where you can find our original music and our podcast. And there's also, uh, we also have a YouTube channel. So if you're interested in hearing uh, video game music covers, one thing that we've been pretty active the past year is the Mercado Brothers band has have posted a lot of videos yeah. of our uh, covers. So that's well, and speaking fun. of the band, we have an upcoming show this summer that we should probably mention. Absolutely. Well, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, we're going to be headlining actually 2D Con, which is a really cool uh, video game convention that's going to be in Minneapolis in August. So we are going to be playing uh, 2D Con, and that's going to be on Saturday. Uh, I believe we're going to be playing on Saturday, August 12th. So that should be a really good time. If anyone's I can't in the wait area. for that. Yeah. I, maybe we'll have to cook up some new arrangements for that, but we'll see yeah. what happens. All right, guys, we're going to play you out with Cranky's Conga. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everyone. Peace out. 